This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. There's not there's not a lot of ego going on with our staff. It's all about let's let's win what's in front of us today and let's try to get to the big dance at the end of the year and, and do some damage. We're back for season four of the Diamond Hogs Podcast. Mason Choate, Robert Stewart with you. For the 2024 edition of the Arkansas Razorbacks, who might be the best edition of the Arkansas Razorbacks during the tenure of this podcast, I will say the 2021 team, I mean, like, that's that speaks for itself, obviously, the way the season ended. But this one, Robert Robertson, Washington, D.C. now. We're going to get into what's going on in our personal lives and, and everything else. But, uh, Robert, you haven't really seen it much, but this team's good, man. If they can stay healthy, we've already had a Peyton Stovall injury, but if they can stay healthy, man, I, I feel like DVH has put all his chips in the middle of the table this year. Well, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, it's it's predetermined that this is their year, right? 64, there was a football title. 94, there was a basketball title. 24, it's a baseball title. It's in the cards. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that DVH is sticking to the script here and um, – you know, I'm I'm excited to see what, what the program has in store for us. All right. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, this is just your favorite Arkansas baseball podcast from now on. That's all it is. You know, uh, it's interesting to see that some have popped up since, since your boys have started. But uh, we're the OGs. We are the premier Arkansas Razorback baseball podcast. We're part of the uh, Hogbeat Podcast Network. Hogbeat is H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T dot com. That is the Rivals website covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, I'm trying to think. Mm, no, we talked about this on some of the old podcast episodes, but I'm the publisher of Hogbeat.com now. I own the website. I own the dang thing. And so uh, that's where you can find this podcast and all of our Arkansas baseball coverage. Look, nobody's doing it like us. That's how it's been. That's all. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's always will be. Okay, Hogbeat.com, Arkansas baseball coverage. That's where you go get it. So, uh, shout out to uh, the website. And and I'm Mason Choate. I'm the publisher. Like I mentioned, Robert Stewart. He was here for a while. Now he's in D.C. But he's been on the pod from day one. We're season four, and so we had to get Robert back. I'm excited to have you back, Robert. It's going to be a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird right now because normally you would probably know more about the team than I would. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be an adjustment period for for me not being in Fayetteville, but uh, you know I'm doing well in DC. Last time I I left off, I I took an internship copy editing. Uh, took a few months off after that, still copy editing in a different paper, um, making more money than I thought I'd make in my first job, real job out of college. So um, you know things things are going well for me, but you know just because I'm not there doesn't mean I'm going to like stop paying attention to Arkansas baseball. You know, I mean I I really got hooked on on uh, watching those those guys going out falling in 2017 and 2018 before I even got to school. So, um, you know, just just because I'm not there anymore doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm not going to act like I cover the team. I mean, I'm not going to like be a poser. Right. But I'm going to I'm going to come on here. I'm going to watch all the games. I'm going to do my best to give an informed take of of what's going on with Arkansas baseball. All right. Well, we have a loaded episode for everybody today. We've been we've been like sitting on so much information we've tried to record a podcast already we we like we thought about it we probably could have but we wanted to wait in for for a, f- a few reasons one because like even on this podcast we're probably going to have to like put in like little bits and clips from after we watch some some scrimmages 
So for context, we're recording right now on Friday morning, February 9th. Uh, we have an interview with Bobby Wernis. We're going to have Bobby Wernis on the podcast today. Very excited about that. We haven't had a coach, so that's exciting. And he is now a paid assistant for the Arkansas Razorbacks. So I, I'm really excited to just pick his brain, ask him questions, uh, get to know some more about this team and some more about just how things go on behind the scenes. Obviously, he can't reveal everything, but, you know, maybe we'll get some good details. Uh, and then, you know, maybe we'll have some guest appearances. I don't know. You know, anything could happen, but this is going to be a loaded episode. We're just going to throw a ton of information at you because it's been an entire off season. Okay. Like we haven't talked to you since what, May, June. When was it? When did the season end, Robert? Do you remember? Uh, the the regional was in June. Early okay. June. Yeah. So it's been a long time since we have spoken to the people. So here we are and we're going to get right into it. So this team picked preseason by the coaches to win the SEC uh, in two First-team All-SEC selections preseason in Hagen Smith and Kendall Diggs. No surprises there. Maybe you would say Diggs might be a surprise. Um, like, not not from an Arkansas perspective. Just I feel like he hasn't gotten a ton of preseason hype nationally. And I, I'm i calling him the best-kept secret in, in America right now. Like, as of right now, I this dude has taken Hagen Smith, Mason Molina, and Gage Woodyard all in, all in like, I think – the span of a week in the preseason. He's that good. He's, I mean, like, he's been so good, Robert. Yeah, and, and you know, you can't forget what he did last year either. Like, I think about that weekend in Starkville when he drove in 10 runs in, in the series, right? Um, you know, that's just an encapsulation of who this dude is. And, you know, we even saw it before that when he was a freshman. The, the walk-off home run against Ole Miss, that's definitely one of the one of the best moments of, of his Arkansas career, if not the best moment, you know? I'm trying to find his stats here. You know, he, you know, looking at it, he hit 299 last year with uh, an OPS darn near a thousand. I mean, the the dude's for real. And if if people don't know him, know about him, then you know it's only a matter of time because he's going to be one of the premier vets in in the SEC and probably the country, as you said. And you know the interesting the interesting thing about Diggs, you mentioned his freshman season. You know. He played inconsistently, but had some big hits. Uh, the sophomore year, even like his role was not defined really because he ended up having to go play in the outfield. He ended up becoming an everyday outfielder. It was shaky at first, and now he's like he's pretty defined or refined. I think is the word I was looking for. He's sharp. He, he's a be- he's a much better outfielder. When he went and played summer ball, he was on Sports Center top ten twice, maybe I think. Um, so well, like, he, remember when he robbed that home run in Athens last year? I yeah. Mean, like he, he's, he's good in the outfield. You can, we can say that now officially Kendall Diggs is a good outfielder officially. <laughs> we can say that. Um, so yes, I think he's the best kept secret in college baseball preseason right now. Obviously there's so many other guys out there in, uh, that's just from a 100%. That's that, that is a Homer take for sure. Um, but and then the Hagen Smith thing, like we don't even have to explain that. He's gonna be so good. He's been so electric. He's been throwing a hundred. He's been sitting a hundred. He's just so good. We're gonna talk more about Hagen Smith. But um what else do we have? Preseason honors. Yeah, you just say Hagen Smith. He's been honored by everybody. You know, do we really need to go through every single collegiate baseball newspaper that has named him preseason first team all American? Uh no, but we can also mention the fact that he's a projected top 10 draft pick which is huge he is and you know 
I keep telling people, man, like every here's the thing about about being in my position or or maybe Robert, you probably got this a lot, you know, in the past. Um, Everybody asks the same question. How's the Razorback baseball team going to be this year? And every single time I just say. If they can stay healthy and 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 it's always like, you know, I kind of just three, four times a day, maybe think about Hagen Smith, not, not in a weird way, in, in a way of like, man, that guy has to stay healthy. Cause yeah, I mean, without a doubt, he's going to be instrumental to, to the success of the pitching staff and therefore the team. Right. Um, you know, the, the last two years, you think about it, uh, losing Jackson Wiggins preseason and then Peyton Pollard the year before that, um, you know, <laughs> knock on wood, it's been it's been huge to to avoid that kind of thing so far. Um, but yeah, Hagen Smith, yeah, it, it's always been about pitch countdown. If he can if he can do that. And obviously you've been at the scrimmage, so you can speak to that better than I can. But if he can keep his pitch countdown, he he's definitely going to realize his top 10 potential. Um, I, I think it, he's definitely, hmm, how do I put this? The pitch counts down, you know, a little bit. I think what he's doing is he's, he's keeping his velocity throughout one, an inning and two, just like an outing in general. That was a big thing with him last year was he would come out and excuse me, the adrenaline would be going and he'd be throwing like 97 when he would start. And then, you know, by the time the third inning rolls around, he's sitting like 93, 94. Uh, and so I think one of the biggest things is he's been able to keep the, keep the velocity consistent. Um, I wanted to pull up his last outing. Cause I feel like I remember him struggling slightly. Yeah. So this was Friday, February 2nd. Hagan threw two innings, uh, scoreless, gave up one hit, struck out three, he faced nine batters, so he so and he had two walks. So like it was kind of a little bit of the Hagen Smith experience for a minute there. But but I I feel like he's I feel like you mentioned pitch count. He threw 36 pitches in two innings. What what do you feel about that? That's that's okay. Well, we'll take it. You know, anywhere under 20 these days in inning is is pretty solid cuz cuz that puts you on pace to to get through six and that's really all you can ask for a starter. Okay. So yeah, man, I, I I feel like I'm not I'm not worried about Hagen whatsoever about like performing. I'll just say that like I don't even feel like we have to talk about him that much to be honest with you, just because he's it's it, he he his game speaks for itself. Right, and he's got two years of SEC experience now, so you would think he'd only be able to build on it. By the way, how have we not had Hagen on the podcast? <laughs> I I'm trying to remember like if we if we've tried to do that. Uh, you know he's he's always sort of soft spoken, doesn't have much to say in interviews. So yeah, and maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, you know maybe maybe it comes out of the shell a little bit more this year. We'll we'll have more. Yes, he's a team captain now, so you would hope that he at least is more vocal with the team. You know, with with the media, he can do it however he wants. But I'm sure you know the team voting him as a as a captain speaks to how he is around the players. So. Uh, other captains, by the way, Kendall Diggs and Peyton Stovall. So, just no surprises there. Yeah, uh, Stovall, by the way, two years in a row. Shout out. Uh, yeah, the, getting the nod as a as a sophomore was pretty big. So, especially yes. no surprise that he's doing it for his second year. 
Um, we're talking about preseason honors, and one thing that I did want to bring up. So most of them are for Hagen Smith. Like that, I mean, it's it's almost all Hagen Smith. You have like a, a Kendall Diggs thrown in here and there. Uh, but there was an interesting one I saw the other day, and I'm scrolling as I speak because I here we go. This is from the National College Baseball Writers Association. They gave uh, Vahiva Aloy the transfer shortstop from Sacramento State. We're going to talk plenty about him on this podcast and this year. Uh, they gave him a preseason second-team All-American nod. So I feel like the word – I talked about the best-kept secret in college baseball being Kendall Diggs. Vahiva Aloy is not far behind him. And maybe this is my fault because I tweet about him a lot. But word is getting out on Vahiva Aloy. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously I haven't watched a single inning of scrimmages because I haven't been there. But, I mean, I'm I'm reading this dude's name a lot. And so I'm excited to see what, what he's going to be able to bring to the table. Okay. Um, up next, so we, we mentioned Stovall. That will lead us into preseason injuries. Peyton Stovall, broken foot, washed it myself. Um, just hit by a pitch. Uh, was it was it Tate McGuire or Colin Fisher? It doesn't it really doesn't matter who the pitcher is. I don't I don't want to like call out a pitcher. Um, but he got hit by a pitch in his right foot. Um, kind of shook it off. Got back in the plate or in the box and hit a single. Um, actually it was it was ruled a double because he rounded first and just like couldn't go anymore. Like he started limping. Um, and, and, you know, kind of sat there for a minute, went back to the dugout and, you know, interestingly enough, he, he went out with his glove to second after, and, uh, he was like limping out to second and, and they were like, dude, what are you doing? Get back in the dugout right now. And so he goes back to the dugout. You could tell he looked upset, but then they let him go back out and hit again. Um, and he hit a single, he hit a single and then he, like he hit it and then immediately turns and walks back to the dugout. Like he's not he's not even gonna go to first, um. And so they like at least you, have a ghost runner. Yes, and well they put they put an actual runner on first for him, um, both times, um. And so, yeah, man, it's a tough break. You hate it for Peyton Stovall because he had just come back. He had only he had only played in like three or four scrimmages. You know, shaking off the rust from the shoulder injury last year, had a season-ending torn lane torn labrum, um, and was finally back. And then he breaks his foot, man. That's got to really hurt you mentally, especially as a team captain. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it. In, injuries, they're, they're the worst. They just are. Um, and yet this one, like, somehow seems like they got away with something, right? Like, if I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think it requires surgery. No, it and, does not require surgery. And it's, it's and, four to six weeks, so – and it's the least important four to six weeks of the season. So, um, yeah. you know, if it had to happen, it's a good time for it, I suppose. Let's see. Have you done the math on what four to six weeks is? So it happened Monday, February 5th. So you just go March 5th. I mean, there's there's a chance he'll be back by the time SEC play starts, which is mid-March. SEC play starts on March 15th. Yeah, I think he could be back by then for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's not – look, obviously you would like to have him. Arkansas is going to play some some pretty decent non-conference games even before SEC play starts. You you, you look at the college baseball series, we're going to be there. We're excited about that. Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Michigan. Murray State's a good non-conference. McNeese State's a good non-conference. 
They play Oral Roberts, who went to the College World Series uh, on Tuesday, March 12th, right before SEC play starts. So, yes, it's, it's not it's, important, but the, the opponents are going to be tough. Yeah, it's it's a great slate, right? You know, we we had the discussion so many times two years ago about, um, you know, the, the RPI being being a factor that hurt the Hogs. You know, of course, we, we got to watch a pretty fun June that year, so it didn't matter too much. But, uh, you know, Dave, Dave is clearly making a point of not making the same mistake twice, right? We saw it last year. Uh, they ended up being the number three overall seed, I think. Um, and then this year again, like you said, Oral Roberts, the College World Series team, bunch of bunch of uh, conference title contenders, uh, and then of course, you know, myself included. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for the uh, for the college baseball series in in Arlington. Getting getting Oklahoma State that rivalry going again, and uh, it'll be the first game against Oregon State since well, you know. Yeah, man. You know what? I you know how I do I do my. Uh my countdown to Arkansas baseball videos, you know, Jersey number lines up with the day. And there, there's so many times that like, I want to clip something from the first game of that national championship series, but you just can't do it because as soon as you put a clip of Arkansas, Oregon state out, I mean, like, cause we all know how that story ends and it's not good. It's not pretty, but uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. You know, we were at, we were at, uh, Swatters Club for DVH on Monday, um, and he he said he was talking about Rock Regio, and uh, he was he said there in 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 Stillwater when he brought Hagen Smith in. I don't remember which game that was. I don't know if that was the the final. It was the final. Okay, so when he brought Hagen Smith in at the end, he was talking about how Hagen's just always been built for the moment. He's just always has been. And even in that moment, Hagen was a freshman. They were, you know, on the road, Stillwater Regional, and he knew that Hagen was going to get it done. Um, but he he said he struck out Super Rock Regio, and he said it in like a, you know, like Super Rock Regio, like, you know, making fun of him, and, and everybody laughed. It was a good time. Um, so I don't, I don't know if DVH is a, a super big fan of Rock Regio 1, but maybe there is a little rivalry there with Oklahoma State now. That would be fun. I mean, after after that regional, how how can there not be? That was that was three of the most epic, four four of the most epic days of baseball I've ever seen consecutively. Uh, like a hundred runs combined in the last three four games. I don't know. It was it was incredible. I mean, and and think about the 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 semifinal to to get to face two and zero Arkansas between Missouri State and Oklahoma State. That game was like twenty nine to fifteen. Missouri yeah. State led by almost double digits in that game. It was it was crazy. Missouri State, another team that that Arkansas will play in the non-conference this year, and another team that Dave mentioned at Swatters Club, and he said uh, they do not like us, um, and and he made it very clear. Like, so I think their head coach, do you, what's the name of Missouri State's head coach? I'm a bad college baseball fan for not knowing. Well, he he retired, didn't he? Keith no, Gunner. I think this is his last year. I think okay. that's. I think Dave was saying this is his last year, and he base he didn't say it. But he was basically like, you know, I'm not super upset about it. <laughs> I, I I definitely, you know, you or Hutch or somebody sent that to to our group chat. Uh, Keith Gutton, yeah, is is about to be on his way out. But that is his name. Yes. Gutton. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. We kind of got off topic there for a minute. There. Preseason injuries is where we were at. Um. So Stovall out four to six weeks. Uh. Hunter Dietz, freshman left-hander, hard throwing, big lefty out of Florida. I think he's six foot six. Uh, he had a stress fracture that's going to keep him out until April. 
So it could be early April, could be late April. You know, that's just kind of what we were told is April. But he's he's expected to contribute, and, and you know, he should be. He's good. He's a, a really, really good freshman lefty. He did really well in the fall. <clears throat> you know, he's he's one of the freshmen that the D1 baseball guys came and watched and then went back and wrote a lot about him. So normally those guys pan out. <laughs> um, so Hunter Deeds Wasn't- – wasn't Parker Rowland one of those guys last year? Parker Rowland, who, like, say what you want, but he ended up being the everyday catcher, so. Yeah, he did. It but was, I, I know, think that – None of us were, saw that one coming, but but they did. I think they were raving about his bat, and obviously that ended up – did not end up being why Parker Rowland was in the lineup. Um, well, yeah, but he had he had his clutch moments for sure. He did. No, I'm, I'm not dogging on Parker Rowland. I mean, Parker Rowland, if he went out day one opening day against James Madison and was the starting catcher, I wouldn't be surprised. So, and we'll get, we'll get into that more. Um, other injuries. I'm trying to think. Cause I, I hear I, you say something about Brady Tiger. No, don't even put that out in the air. Nothing about right. Brady Tiger. My lips are sealed. <laughs> There's, they, they, your lips don't need to be sealed. There's nothing to say about Brady Tiger, but it's like, I, that rumor had already been started, and I debunked it, and and so like, as any good journalist would, yeah. work. The the funny thing, not it's not funny, but the ironic thing is when I went digging for the tiger thing, I discovered the deeds thing, so that that's how that got discovered. Um, now let's see here. I can't think of any other injuries. I mean, Dylan Carter's recovering from UCL, uh, torn UCL, had Tommy John. Um, I do think that. DVA said on Monday that he's a he's ahead of schedule. Um, you know, I've heard from sources very close to the situation that Dylan Carter is ahead of, ahead of schedule. So, um, kind of wait and see. But that's another arm. Another, I mean, like that's a dude who was who ended up being like super productive for Arkansas last year, and you just add him to to the rotation this year. I mean, the the kind of guy that would get you six, seven, eight, nine outs in a game. Like he he was. You know, shout out to uh, former producer Christian for for being on the Dylan Carter hype train, man. Uh, he 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 knew that guy. That guy had had some special stuff in store. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously he he would be a huge huge arm to have back. Um, but you know, with this with this UCL thing um, with with pitchers, you you really can never be too careful with it. So yeah, shouldn't bring him back until he's a hundred percent, in my humble opinion. In your humble opinion, okay. Uh, those are the preseason injuries I can think of. Let me, let me pull up the roster and run through it. Cause I know people are going to have questions. They're thinking in their head, like, how could you not mention this guy? And so I'm just going to just, how about, our, how, about an, how about another pitcher who got hurt uh, last year? Cody Frank. What's, what's the story on him? Cody Frank's a hundred percent, man. You know, That's he's, he literally just does not throw fastballs. All he does is off speed and it's, it's almost everyone is in the dirt, dude. I mean, Kevin Copps seemed to, to to make that work pretty well. So, you know what, Cody Frank's a six-year senior. <laughs> I didn't say it, you did. Um, but he's yeah, he's I've only seen him throw a few times this preseason. Uh, he tore his lat last year. For those who don't know, very disappointing. He's a former transfer from Nebraska. Had him on the pod. You know, gr- he's great. A great interview. Um, so it's disappointing. But I believe he's either gotten engaged or married and had a baby since last season. So dad strength coming yeah, at you. Yeah. Um maybe he'll get the baby bump for the season. You know what I mean? 
Um, let's see. Any other injuries here? Uh, Tucker Holland, actually, I think. So Tucker Holland, he's a freshman left-hand pitcher. You know, this is bad radio right now, but I got I to gotta do this because somebody's going to have a question about it. Tucker Holland, we asked EVH um, about this at Swatters Club. He said, it's not a surgery. It's a bone issue that is bothering him. It might just be a situation where we have to let that heal for a while. There's no reason to try to rush him because he could get really hurt. Um, well, and especially for a freshman arm, you know, he ha- having an injury before the season starts, he he immediately screams to me to be a candidate to redshirt. Yeah. Uh, here's so a big one. Definitely don't rush him back. I, I missed this one, forgot about this. I was there for when this happened as well. Ben Bybee has a hamstring issue. Uh, he was he actually started a Monday. I, I don't remember the date. It was, I think, the first Monday scrimmage they did. And uh, just, like, pulled up his hamstring, man. Like, he just, like, was pitching and then looked uncomfortable, and they pulled him right away. And I don't think I've seen him since. I don't. I haven't seen him pitch since. Um, DVH said it's a bit of a hamstring injury. Uh, he did it over the holidays, working out, tweaked it in the summer a bit, um, bothered him a little bit in fall ball. Uh, they're not going to throw him this weekend. He uh, he's irritated with it that he's not throwing. He wants to pitch, but they need him healthy. He's got another pitch or two this year, so that's good. He's bigger and stronger. He throws a lot of strikes. Uh, but it's a bit of a light hammy per DVH for Ben Bybee. So kind of, I'm sure it's just like day-to-day wait and see. Yeah, and again, you know, we talk all the time about how the first month is the perfect period for experimentation. Let Bybee get healthy. I know you got a, a bunch of other arms out there that you could you could test out, see if they work. Um, you know, great to hear that Bybee's added pitches to his repertoire. Um, always always nice to make yourself a little more a little bit more unpredictable on the mound and uh you know he he you know faced some adversity last year georgia comes to mind right away but you know i, I remember talking to him at a midweek and you know he's he seems to be able to flush that kind of stuff pretty fast and uh, i'm i'm fascinated to see how that core of sophomores him and, and fouch and uh, gage wood uh grow in year two you know yeah all right uh just two more here i believe i hope i'm not missing anything uh, Josh Heinemann's redshirt freshman right-hand pitcher. I believe he had Tommy John. I don't really know the timetable on that, but I'm almost positive he won't be ready for the season. I haven't seen him throw. So um, Adam Hackman or Hawkman or Hatchman. I think it might be Hatchman, actually. Uh, freshman out of Wentzville, Missouri. Freshman lefty. Very impressive prospect. You look at him, number one overall prospect, number one left-handed pitcher prospect in Missouri by perfect game. So a pretty big-time arm. A lot of people ask about him. Uh, here's the thing. He did not have Tommy John. Everybody says he had Tommy John. He did not have Tommy John. This is straight from Dave Van Horn's mouth. He didn't have Tommy John. He had a little short of that. I forget what they call it right now. Um, it's not quite so invasive, and you recover quicker. Should be healthy enough to throw sometime during the spring. Uh, and then he said that Hackman will just have to show them when he's ready. So we don't know when that's going to be. So that rounds out the injuries. And uh, now we can get to our lineup preview, Robert. This is what everybody wants, the lineup preview. Yes. Let's get to it. All right, time for the lineup preview. Robert had to step off the podcast, so it's just me with you. Mason Choate, 
So let's get into this thing. So there's going to be a lot of new faces for Arkansas baseball this year. And then, you know, that's that's the expectation, right? You're, you're so used to it, especially now in the in the transfer portal uh, era of not only college baseball, but just college athletics. It's, it's you're just going to have new faces. So Arkansas brought in some transfers, you know, some returning guys are going to be in the lineup as well. Some freshmen, you know, have impressed and let's get into it. So let's just. We talked about the Peyton Stovall injury. He would be hitting leadoff and starting at second if he was healthy, I feel like. So um, he has the broken foot out four to six weeks. You know, we talked about it earlier. That is that is what it is. Obviously, he had the shoulder last year, so he had a torn labrum. You could tell that it affected his swing. Um, I don't really think it affected him throwing very much because he was only really throwing from second to first, but fielding, you know, he was fine. Uh, so I think – the broken foot doesn't help. It's unfortunate. It's it's terrible for Peyton Stovall, but I think that at least with with the shoulder injury healed up, hopefully he can hit better, and and that's what you hope for because uh, you look at at Stovall in in the postseason as a freshman, and I mean some of the numbers are actually just extremely impressive uh, from the postseason. So uh, through their eleven postseason games in twenty twenty two, he led the team with a four twenty nine batting average. He had two homers and thirteen RBI. Um, tied with Michael Turner for the team leading hits as a true freshman. So, you know, that's a guy that you want to have healthy. But in his place, I think they're probably going to go with Peyton Stovall at second, and I would I would guess he would be leading off as well. Uh, I went to Friday scrimmage, and Holt played some second. Jared Spraglot, the transfer from Richmond, he played some second. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't I don't think I don't remember if I saw anyone else out at second, but I believe Holt was with the starters and he led off. So we'll go with Holt leading off to start the season at second base. Let's go with that. Peyton Holt, uh, they call him the spark plug. That's what we're going to call him. Um, I need to come up with like a good Twitter meme to post with with him when he does something good. That's kind of my thing. Uh, but he's a senior, former Crowder College guy, former Juco guy, but he's out of Greenwood. Uh, if you're an Arkansas native, you know that Greenwood is just like a, a, a factory for producing Division One athletes for some reason. Um so last year, Holt played in 31 games, started 19, um, hit 392, two homers, 17 RBI. So here's the thing about Peyton Holt. And this, I was talking about somebody, or I was talking to somebody about Peyton Holt recently. And basically, it's like he's just always better than you expect him to be, which isn't, isn't saying anything bad about Peyton Holt. He just continues to exceed expectations and he continues to be good. And at one point, do we say, okay, he's not this role player coming off the bench, just, you know, providing a spark as the spark plug, but he's a legit, you know, starter in your lineup in the SEC. I think that's where you're at with Peyton Holt right now. Um, if Stovall plays and if and when Stovall's healthy, Holt will go to third. Um, Sprague Lock could play second too, but I think they, I think they want to play him at third right now. Um, anything can change. Look, you know, I'm not Dave Van Horn, but this is this is kind of what we're going based off of what we've seen through scrimmages. Um, so Holt at leadoff with Stovall hurt. If Stovall's healthy, Stovall at leadoff and at second. Holt at second with no Stovall being healthy. Okay. All right. Um, moving along, I actually need to pull up my lineup. I didn't have that pulled up. That's very stupid of me. All right, number two. Uh, second in the order. Now, here's the thing. The order is kind of weird because it's the lineup has been loaded in scrimmages, you know, one or two times. Um, and it was a little bit different, but I think Hudson White in the two hole 
the transfer catcher from Texas Tech. I like that. I I, I feel like that, you know, I feel like he's going to start. And that was a question for a minute there because the catcher position is one where Arkansas, you know, has four legit guys who could start at catcher. And we're going to talk with Bobby Wernus about that uh, later, by the way. he we're, He's, he's going to go very far in depth. So I won't get super in depth with it. Uh, but I would have Hudson White, the transfer from Texas Tech. Um, you know, the big thing last year or, or prior to last year in the last offseason was that Arkansas didn't really get um, a splash transfer. But Hudson White is 100% a splash transfer. Uh, he was an All-Big 12 honorable mention last year as a sophomore at Texas Tech. As a freshman, he was Big 12 freshman of the year, Big 12 all-freshman team, perfect game freshman All-American, first team and a collegiate baseball freshman All-American. Um, started 58 games as a freshman, started 44 as a sophomore. Uh, hit 296 last year, 11 homers, 49 runs batted in. Uh, you know, he, he can hit. That's the good thing. Like last year, the big thing with the catcher position for Arkansas, no offense to Parker Rowland or Hudson Polk, but look, they didn't hit the ball very well. This The numbers, the numbers tell you that. That's just true. Parker Rowland was an incredible defensive catcher, and I think you'll, you'll see – Parker Rowland, you'll see Hudson Polk at some point, and you'll see the freshman Ryder Helfrich. But I think Hudson White is probably the best option. I think Helfrich might have the highest potential or highest ceiling. White's the best option. But Rowland has been hitting the ball really well. Polk has been hitting the ball really well. We know Rowland's a good defensive catcher. You know, he caught a lot of the Arkansas pitchers last year. Uh so I don't I don't know you know may, I don't I I'm curious to see if like maybe there's a, a pitcher that is more comfortable throwing to Roland. I haven't noticed that, but it's it's possible. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Hudson White in the two hole, the starting catcher. Um, I don't think they're gonna have, you know, a starting like an everyday guy decided by opening day. But it's pretty clear to me from based on what Dave Van Horn has said that they would like to have a guy you know, as every day as possible. Obviously, you're going to have to play. Um, you know, you might have to catch two guys a weekend, but um, I think they want to have somebody who's going to play the majority of the games, and I think Hudson White is that guy. All right, moving on to number three. Let's go. Kendall Diggs. We're going to go with Kendall Diggs in the three-hole, starting right fielder. Uh, I, I, we talked about him earlier in the podcast, you know, like just there's not much else you can say about him. He's a junior. Um, he's just ready to take off. Probably going to be his last year in a Razorback uniform. I, I I would expect that. So that's nobody else is going to play in right field unless Kendall Diggs gets hurt. I mean, knock on wood. You know, at some point we need to get over the talking about you know potential injuries. Like this, just it's part of the game. It's part of what it is. I'm not. I hate I hate being a superstitious person because I hate when when I say something about an injury and then I get like a sick feeling in my stomach. So let's just let's agree to not do that. Um, so Kendall digs in the three hole. I feel like there's not much else to say about him. What else can you say about the guy? He's just really good. Um, and he lets his bat do the talking. Um, so we're going to go to the four hole cleanup. Let's go with shortstop Vahiva Aloy. Vahiva, uh, transfer from Sacramento state was just like an all everything freshman last year at Sacramento state. He's from Wailuku, Hawaii. I hope I said that right. So here's the honors for Vahiva Aloy as a freshman in 2023 at Sacramento State. Collegiate Baseball Freshman All-American. First Team Freshman All-American from D1 Baseball. First Team Freshman All-American from the National College Baseball Writers Association. 
First team freshman All-American from Perfect Game. Second team freshman All-American from Baseball America. What the heck, Baseball America, are you thinking? Uh, ABCA All-West Region second team. Uh, WAC freshman of the year. All-WAC freshman. Or no, just All-WAC in general second team. Started 55 games, played in 56, and they're calling him a consensus freshman All-American. Slash, no, we won't do slash. We'll just say average 376. OBP was 427. Hit 14 homers, 88 total hits, 69 runs scored, 46 runs batted in. I mean, this kid, this Vahiva Aloy is incredible. He homers in almost every single scrimmage. He's homered off of Hagen Smith. He's homered off of Mason Molina. He's homered off of Gage Wood. He's homered off of Parker Coyle. He he gets the job done in the field. He's he's really good. He's just really good. Um, okay, so let's go to number five. In the five hole, we're gonna have Ben McLaughlin. Uh, and I think we're gonna have McLaughlin at first, uh, just because he I think he played first at least once last year for Arkansas. Uh a former JUCO transfer from Hutchinson Community College. He's a senior. Started 21 games, played in 28 last year, hit 346 for Arkansas. I mean, this dude just rakes, uh, kind of like Peyton Holt last year. Like he just continued to every time he went out, he was just he was good. He just continued to hit, and 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 I think you're going to see more of the same. I'm interested to see how things go at first because he was a uh, he won a he won a Rawlings Gold Glove Award uh, in 2022 at third base for Hutchinson Community College. So. Um, I'm just interested to see how it goes. Jack Wagner could start at first as well. And that's who we're going to have next up in the six hole probably is Jack Wagner transfer from Tarleton state. Um, you know, McLaughlin or Wagner, you could switch them. One could be at first one could be DHing. you know, either way, Wagner can also play in the outfield. He could play left field. Uh, he's a grad transfer, six foot two ten. last year at, uh, at Tarleton state. He hit 337, 15 homers, team high 56 RBI. Uh, started his career at Kansas, played three seasons, four seasons at Kansas before going to Tarleton State for a year. So uh, he played Big 12 ball for a while. Jack Wagner, he can rake men. He's had some balls off of his bat that you're just like, oh my goodness, that's just insane. Um, so, yeah, I like Wagner. Wagner or McLaughlin are going to play at first. One of them, I mean, I feel like both of their bats need to be in the lineup. So, um, okay, let's let's keep it going here. What do we have in the seven hole? Because I can't remember Let's what positions have we done. We've done first. So we need a third baseman. We need a center fielder, and we need a left fielder. Okay. So in the seven hole, I think is going to be Sprague Lot maybe seven or eight. You could go Sprague Lot or Jason Jones. So Sprague Lot's going to play at third, transfer from Richmond. Jason Jones, sophomore, he's going to play in left. I mean that's what I would have him in. Um, we'll talk about him. Let's go with Sprague Lot first though. Senior, native of Philadelphia. Uh, Dave Van Horn has called him the best infielder on the team. He started fifty three games last year at Richmond, hit three fourteen, thirteen home runs. 43 runs batted in. Team high 60 runs scored. Um, I don't see anything about his fielding right here, but uh, played three seasons at Richmond, and so now he's at Arkansas. the The Stovall injury obviously, you know, is is boosting him into the lineup, but I think he was right there anyways. So you'll have Sprague Lot at 
third in the seven hole. So in in the eight hole, we're going to go with Jason Jones. Dave Van Horn basically said Jason Jones, he just he's got to get the mental aspect figured out, and and so that's that's where he's at. He's he last year played in twenty games, started thirteen, only hit one ninety six, two homers, drove into six runs, scored twelve. Um, went and played summer ball in the Northwoods League and did really well. I believe um, I believe his team won the title. The the Green Green Bay maybe. I don't I don't want to say that wrong, but. It, Jason Jones played in 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 summer ball for a long time, so he's he's been playing baseball for a while. Um, you know, you just look at him when he came into Arkansas; he was the number one overall prospect in the state of Texas by perfect game in the twenty twenty two class. You know, um, turned down money to come to Arkansas, and and he's got. I mean, I feel like his bat could be as good as anybody in the lineup. He just has to. I, I don't know. It, it it's unfortunate with Jason Jones because I really like Jason Jones and I really want him to do well, but I'm looking at his preseason scrimmage stats right here. 48 at bats, only 12 hits, six of them doubles though. One Homer, four runs driven in 18 strikeouts, eight walks. Yeah. So that's, that's from media members who have gone to the preseason scrimmages. That's the stats we've come up with. So he's just struggling. I don't think I've noticed him do anything wrong in the field, so that's a positive. But as far as at the plate, I feel like he's still got a long way to go, unfortunately, which it's tough because, I, like I said, his bat could be as good as anybody in the lineup. He's got – he has so much raw power um, that if he could just figure it out, I don't know – you know, I'm not a baseball guy. or I am a baseball guy, but I'm not a baseball coach. Um, so I can't, I can't tell you what he needs to figure out, um, but I do think he's – at least going to be the opening day starter. I said Jack Wagner could play in left. Missouri transfer Ross Lovich could also play in left. He's a senior transfer from Missouri. Another name to watch is uh, Hutchinson Community College transfer Will Edmondson. So same community college that Ben McLaughlin came from. Edmondson's a junior. He's he's been impressive. He he all he does is hit. He hit four fifty four last year in fifty eight games for Hutchinson. So that's just insane. That I mean, that's dude's. He's almost getting a hit in fifty percent of his at bats, and that was and he he had two hundred five at bats. So that's that's pretty impressive. Ninety three total hits and two hundred five at bats. I mean, that's really good. It was JUCO ball though, so we'll have to see how that translates. And then in the nine hole, last but not least, we're gonna go with center fielder Ty Wilmsmeyer the transfer from Missouri. So Arkansas grabbed a pair of transfers from the boys up north in in Missouri. I mean, just terrible baseball program. Uh, I don't even – I mean, like, if you listen to this podcast, you know how I feel about Missouri baseball, who, by the way, swept Tennessee last year. Remember that? Uh, so Wilmsmeyer started all 54 games in center last year for Missouri, uh, hit three eleven. Seven homers, only drove in 25 runs, but let's be honest, it was Missouri. How many runs were they scoring? Not very many because they're not good. Uh, led the team in batting average, 60 total hits, and he's really good in center. So he had a, a bunt single the other day off of Mason Molina on Friday, so that was that was good to see. As Dave Van Horn would say, that was good to see. Uh, so yeah, you know, he's going to hit in the nine hole, probably going to hopefully be like an on-base guy, like a Zach Gregory type. So, and I know some of you are, uh, speaking of on base, I know some of you are wondering who's going to be the money ball guy. 
uh, this year. Every time he gets on base, I post the Moneyball clip where Brad Pitt and Moneyball just says, maybe it's Jonah Hill, he says, because he gets on base. Yeah, it's Jonah Hill when he says that. So. Uh, so that's the lineup. Those are the starters. Let's go through a couple of the names who uh, could potentially sneak their way in there. And I'm going off of this. This is so much easier because I can see everybody's face. I blurred my background so you can't see on the on the YouTube, but it's just a piece of paper with their faces. Uh, okay, let's see. So um, the guys that I think could potentially make their way into the lineup. So I talked about the the guys in left, Lovich and Edmondson, Hunter Grimes, redshirt senior, former Juco guy, another name to watch in the outfield of someone, you know, if injuries happen, Grimes could make his way into the lineup. Uh, catcher, we're going to talk about that more, but Ryder Helfrick is a name that, um, you know, he could catch. He could also DH. I don't I don't know. Uh, Hudson White, I will say, who I'm projecting to start, he can also play first or DH. Um, and that's about it, really. I, I'm, I'm thinking of any of the freshmen who could potentially play, but I, I want to say Ryder Helfrick is really the only one that I could see getting in, especially earlier in the year. Ty Wade, also a catcher. He's a big guy. Um, Nolan Souza is a freshman out of Honolulu, Hawaii. Good infielder. Big guy. Dave Van Horn said he could play tight end. So, yeah. So, those are – oh, Reese Robinette. I got – how did I miss Reese Robinette? Big country. Uh, on Friday, he hit. He had two doubles off of uh, Hagen Smith and – oh, who was uh, – Jake Faherty, who I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But, yeah, Reese Robinette swinging the bat well, plays a good third base. Uh, big country. Just keep – Keep keep him in mind. Oh man, shout out to Robert for for leaving me alone right now. I'm sorry. This is the first episode, the first episode of the season, and some of you are just sitting there and you're like, "What the heck is this?" I promise it gets better. Um, and on Friday we're gonna have an incredible episode, our our full uh weekend preview for opening weekend. So get excited for that. Let's talk about some pitching real quick, and then we'll get to Bobby Werner's incredible interview with Bobby Werner's. Uh, so the starting rotation, we talked about it. Hagan Smith, Brady Tigert, Mason Molina. I would guess Molina on um, – see, here's the thing that I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go with – so it's obviously going to be Hagan the first game, the Friday night. He's the ace 100%. I don't know if they're going to go Molina Saturday, Tigert Sunday, or Tigert Saturday, Molina Sunday. Because Molina's been throwing on Fridays and Tiger has been throwing on Saturdays in scrimmages, I think. So um, that I, I don't know, but that those those are the three starters for sure. That's your rotation, and we'll see how that shakes out of what what day. And then all you know, the first series it's four game series. So whoever's going to start on the Monday game against James Madison, I don't know yet. Uh, we mentioned Ben Bybee has the the hamstring. I feel like he would probably be you know your number one option. Um, some of the freshmen could start, you know, Gabe Gackle, he could start. Tate McGuire has been impressive. Colin Fisher has been impressive. So they, they have a ton of names. And so, um, let's just, let's go with the top bullpen arms right now, because we mentioned the starters. Well, we should talk about Mason Molina actually. So Brady Tiger's fine. He's healthy. As far as I know, throwing the ball. Well, we mentioned Hagen. He's at the top of his game. Um, if you're a Razorback fan, you should know those two names by now. But let's talk about Mason Molina for a second because he's a, a lefty transfer from Texas Tech. And I want to tell this story real quick because, you know, now it, it doesn't really matter. But I knew about Mason Molina before 
I, before most people probably within the program knew, and it was just by chance. I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, send me a text uh, just out of the blue one day and was like, hey, do you know Mason Molina from Texas Tech? Or, no, no, he didn't even say that. He just sent me a screenshot of Mason Molina. It was like, this guy's committing to Arkansas. And he wasn't even in the transfer portal, had never heard his name before, reached out to some Texas Tech people. They had no idea. Reached out to some legit national reporters. They had no idea. And so I just sat on this information for like, a couple weeks telling people like, Hey, here's a name to watch. And, you know, eventually he hits the portal and then commits to Arkansas. But the way that this guy found out was because Mason Molina was paired up with a friend of his in California, which is where Mason Molina's from. He's from Rancho Santa Margarita, California. That's a mouthful. So this random dude who I'm sure Mason doesn't even remember, um, was just paired up playing with him, playing golf. Just paired up playing around a golf, and Mason, I guess, told this dude like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna, go I'm gonna go to Arkansas." And by some chance, this guy knew my buddy, who lives in Arkansas, and texted him, and that's how I found out. So Mason Molina, six two, two thirty. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He was all Big Twelve second team, and then also Big Twelve all freshman team. His two seasons at Texas Tech. Uh, started 16 games last year for the Red Raiders, six and two record, three six seven ERA. Struck out 108 batters, walked 35. This he's good, very good. He's gonna he's gonna sit uh, low low 90s on the fastball. Got some nasty off speed. He's gonna be a solid starter. You want to talk about a, a splash transfer? Mason Molina was another splash transfer for Arkansas. All right, let's get to the bullpen. I think you know you're. Your normal, you know, do it all, pitch three times a weekend bullpen arm is going to be Will McIntyre. I mean, the guy. Is this is this his is this his golden spike season? I've been calling for it for three years now. He's a redshirt senior. He could do it. He could have his Kevin Cobb season. But I think Will McIntyre is probably going to throw, you know, two to three times a weekend. I think you could call him your bullpen ace right now, um, entering the season at least. You know, so I think he's ready for it. I think he's ready for the moment. Uh, if you just keep going down the list here, Cody Frank transfer from Nebraska. I don't even know if he throws fastballs. It's just nasty off speed the whole time. It's it's disgusting. I mentioned Jake Faherty, a name to know. I feel like he's he's finally taken the step up. Um, we always knew Jake Faherty could throw heat, but now he's a junior and he's locating and he's throwing strikes. He was an, an all-star in the Cape Cod League over the summer. So um, he's a junior. He's throwing it hard. He's locating. He's been impressive. Jake Faherty, uh, a, a 6'3 righty. He throws hard. I mean, like, he's 97, sitting 97 on the fastball. So uh, we mentioned Bybee. He's one to watch. Christian Fouch and Parker Coyle, two other sophomores. Coyle's a lefty. Fouch is a righty. Two other sophomores, both 6'3. Both, you know, they each bring – Different things to the table. Fouch, you know, a big 230-pound right-hander. Parker Coyle, a little bit smaller. He's 190. Doesn't throw as hard. Kind of has a little bit of a weird release. But I, they like Parker Coyle a lot. So I would I would keep his name in mind. Um, Man, this is – I feel like I'm just talking so much right now. Um, Gage Wood, obviously, is going to be the closer in my mind. The sophomore out of Batesville – a very emotional pitcher. He's looked good this preseason so far. You know, he's not he's not been dominant by any means, but 
I think he's working his way to to being the legit closer for Arkansas. Stone Hewlett, transfer lefty out of Kansas. Uh, Dave Van Horn calls him a left-on-left specialist. So basically, anytime they got a left-on-left that they need to get an out, I feel like Stone Hewlett is a good option. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, and then there's there's like a just so many. That's the thing about this 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 pitching staff is that you look at every name and you think maybe this guy could do something aside from uh, Josh Heineman who had Tommy John I believe, and then Dylan Carter who's working his way back. His mom actually said he's about uh, ahead of schedule as well. Um. So the freshmen, though. So I mentioned Gabe Yackel, really good, hard-throwing righty freshman. Tate McGuire out of Liberty, Missouri. Uh, he's he's really impressed me in the preseason, a right-hander freshman. Um, let's go through the, the other freshman righties real quick. Adam Hackman, a lot of people like this guy out of Winsville, Missouri, highly touted prospect, uh, could pitch this year. He had something similar. We we talked about him earlier. He had something similar to uh Tommy John, but it wasn't. And then uh let's see any other right handers. Cooper Dossett, uh sophomore out of Springdale. Dave has mentioned him. I don't know how much he's gonna pitch. Uh Jay Woo Cho out of South Korea, the freshman. He's got he's kind of got some nasty stuff, but he you know, he sits high eighties on the fastball. Nothing that's gonna blow you away too much. Uh, Diego Ramos, another freshman out of Oklahoma, right-hander. So some of the lefty freshmen, let's talk about them. Jack Smith out of Moulton, Alabama. Haven't seen him throw a ton. Uh, the lefties I would I would keep my name or my eye on if I were you. Colin Fisher out of Noble, Oklahoma. He he's thrown much better than I thought he would. I've been very impressed by him. Uh, throws the ball hard, throws strikes. You know, not really afraid of who he's facing. And then Hunter Dietz, the the lefty out of Trinity, Florida. We talked about the injury, the stress fracture. But whenever he's healthy, that dude, oh, Hunter Dietz is going to be good. He throws the ball, I mean, like 96, 95, 96 on the fastball. He's, he's a, he like, he throws like a veteran. He's good. Um, okay. I think I got it all, folks. I think I got it all here. Uh, any names that I did not mention? I don't think I mentioned uh, Cade Smith, freshman out of Searcy, Arkansas. He's an outfielder. Like I, I haven't, I haven't seen a ton of him to be honest. I'm sorry, Cade. Um, Tucker Holland, freshman out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, not Fayetteville, Arkansas. Lefty, six six two thirty five. I believe we talked about him. He's a little banged up, so we'll have to see with him. But other than that, I think I hit it all. I think we did it all. I think we got it. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening to me ramble on about the the roster. You know, it's one of those things where we got to get it out of the way. We got to talk about it. A lot of you don't even know a lot of these names. And so, you know, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but maybe you're learning some good information. So I hope that you did. And uh, we have an incredible interview here up next with Bobby Wernis, assistant coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right, we now welcome on Bobby Wernis. He's in his fourth season as an assistant with Arkansas. First season as a full-time assistant. Bobby, just how has that been going? You know, how much has your has your job changed very much now that you're full-time? Yeah, I guess I guess thankfully no. I I think that my first three years, um, you know, they did a really good job. I, I had to guess I had a lot of responsibilities as a quote-unquote full-time assistant would have. So 
you know, the transition would be, or transition to full-time has been really easy on that front. I think my wife appreciates getting a more consistent paycheck, but other than that, it's pretty much, pretty much the same gig. So after, after a brief minor league career, you, you come back to, to the program you played for and you take a job as an assistant and, you know, we've got Dave Van Horn on the record as saying you've turned down several pro jobs since then. Um, what is, what is it about Arkansas that made you come back? That's, that's made you stay so long. Yeah, no, I think a lot of reasons. Um, I think the main thing is I just had such an unbelievable experience as a player. Um, truly once in a lifetime, happiest, happiest days of my life, especially um, in the game of baseball. So I think just kind of deep down, I want to recreate that for guys in a variety of different ways. However, we can, we can do that as a staff. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of the reason is I just, I knew how much I loved it as a player. And I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's exceeded my expectations. I, I love it even more now as a coach. So I, I'm sure you can you can feel it. You know, the just the hype around the program right now, preseason. It's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy. There's a lot right now. So like from your perspective, is it has 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 the team been able to kind of like block it out, or are you embracing it? What's that been like? Yeah. Um... And honestly, maybe I'm a bad person to ask because once we get to January, February, I try to stay off the Twitter, the X, the Instagram, whatever. So I have a, I don't really have a good feel for, like you said, like, you know, the high, I feel like we have a lot of hype every year going into spring, which is obviously um, a great thing to have, you know, you, you'd much rather that than the opposite. Um, I, I think we have the right amount of guys or we have the right, the right type of people that, you know, don't let it get to their heads, so to speak. We have a lot of experience, a lot of returns that have kind of done the song and dance before, so to speak. Um, so I don't think the guys really feel the weight or anything. I, I don't think it's crazy different than, you know, years past. Uh, when it comes to like scouting opponents, uh, how how early, how how far ahead of time do you do you guys start looking at at a specific opponent? And what what are you, uh, you know, telling your guys to to look out for? What kinds of things? Yeah, no, that's a loaded question. Um, I guess in terms of the duration for this opening series, you can you can start as early as you want. Obviously, there's no real you're you're going off the same information. It's just last year's information. Um, we try not to look. We try to kind of complete the 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 previous series before. So like I don't we don't like really digging into like a week ahead's opponent while we're playing somebody else. If that makes sense. Um, so for example, you have James Madison, which we've been on for probably the last couple weeks. And then Sunday is going to be when we kind of kick off that, uh, that Arlington, uh, trip scouting report, which that'll be, that'll be a zoo for myself and the other guys that are into the scouting. Cause I mean, that's, that's three whole reports for a week. Um, so it won't really, uh, be that, uh, that, ex or, um, the volume of that won't really be, uh, matched i guess until hopefully you're fortunate enough to be in a regional um and then it's kind of that same workflow um i like telling people uh, the second part of that question was like what like what you're kind of trying to get out of it what you're trying to get to the players i think we do a really good job and something we try is like us as coaches put in like hours behind the scene so that you as a hitter you as a pitcher it can be summarized in like 30 seconds what needs to happen and so it's just very much about just playing the game and the the information side um it's just a lot smaller, a lot simpler. So, yeah, I like to think that we have about a 30-second couple sentences on each arm to where it's just very simple, very concise, 
our guys know how they're going to try to be attacked and um, they have a plan to, to combat that. So when you, when you talk about a, a plan to combat something, I think about the the plan that you guys have had with injuries, at least, you know, last year. And I mean, now you have Peyton Stovall really unfortunate, you know, the broken foot. What is it about? Like, I mean, how much are you guys, you know, planning for injuries maybe before it even happens? Because it seems like at least, you know, last year and right now, it's you've been able to just kind of like, yes, it's unfortunate you have an injury, but another guy's ready to step up right away. Yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, something, it was either Coach Van Horn or Coach Thompson said last year. Um, I think I think this was a Coach Thompson thing saying to the hitters is he made a comment like, you know, everything, everything can be used to your benefit if you allow it, even injuries. So I think the easy way to think about it is um obviously it's super unfortunate to Peyton for for Peyton. You know, he missed time last year and he's excited better than ever. And it's like, boom, it's gonna be delayed a little bit. So in terms of for Peyton, that's that's a very tough pill to swallow in terms of he's not gonna get to start his season with James Madison with the rest of us. I think as a team, you can you can use that into a, a tremendous positive. We're going to have people that maybe weren't going to get opportunities um, with Peyton in the lineup. Now they are. Now when Peyton comes back, you're a deeper team th- than ever. And like you know, so you're not going to get those answers um, at the start of the year, maybe in the uh, the middle of the year. But I think at the end of the year, looking back, you know, injuries can be the best thing that happens to a team. Um, and we we try to we try to take that that perspective. Um, using everything that happens uh, for our advantage. Um, Talking a little bit more. Oh, sorry, Mason. Go ahead. I, I real quick, I wanted to ask you about Peyton and and when he got injured. So, uh, at the scrimmage on Monday, it was it was a really interesting scenario to me because he got hit and then stuck in the box, got a hit, you know, rounds first, and then starts to limp, and then he tried to go back out and play second, and then he comes back in and hits a single. What do you think about him, like? And then he got hit again in the leg. So, like, I mean, what do you think about that and just him, you know, just fighting through that, even though it's a scrimmage? Yeah, no, I think that I think that's who he is. And I think that, yeah, I think it's who he is. And I think he, you know, he's about ball. He's about baseball. He's not, you know, looking for attention or drama or anything. Is And I think when it happened, he had no idea that, um, yeah, there was a little break in there. So he just, you know, got hit in the foot and he was just going to keep playing. Um and I think even if you talk to him, I said, man, I'm not in a ton of pain, but I think it's some kind of, if he tried to push through it, maybe there's complications down the road. So it's better to just get this addressed now, kind of kind of take it, so to speak, uh, for this first part of the season so that he's he's good to go for the end. But yeah, no, I just think it, it speaks to who he is, like his character. And, you know, it's about baseball for him. He just wants to win. And um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. You talked a minute ago about about the depth of of the team and how they're going to have to show up, you know, in the in the face of injuries and things like that. Um, in particular, the the guys who were around last year who who didn't get just a whole bunch of playing time. Um, are, are there any of those dudes in particular that stand out to you that have really made progress on their games over the offseason? Yeah, no, I think I got my roster. I mean, I think there's. You know, every, everybody on the team that was there last year's returning has definitely taken a step forward. And I get that's kind of a cop-out answer. Um, but, I mean, I think about our two catchers in particular. I mean, the strides that they've – the returning catchers. So, Parker Rowland, Hudson Polk, it's like it's the, the strides they've made, especially with the bat, is just, like, super eye-opening. Um, 
again, that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm, I mean, I'm looking at our list of returning hitters. It's just everybody, everyone's taking a stride forward. You kind of have to, it's kind of like, you got to sink or swim. Um, and I think part of that is just this league is so hard. It's so demanding. And your first year in the league, um, you, you really don't know any better. You don't, you have no idea what to expect. You're not prepared. It's impossible to prepare for it. So I think what you see a lot, especially with the junior college transfer, which I've had conversations about with Parker, which that was my my case. I came in as a player, junior college transfer, really struggled with the bat that first year. Um, and I just I just wasn't prepared physically, mentally, just the level of play I had never seen. A lot of times with those junior college players, you you see that big step forward in year two. Um, so I think that's something that you could see with with Roland specifically, but I guess just a broader answer to your question is just, you know, the best way to develop, the best drill we have, so to speak, is just playing in the SEC. Like you just kind of bleeding, throwing, being thrown into the fire, so to speak, is you're you're going to improve. It's 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 the it's the best thing for your development. So on the topic of the catcher position, I mean, it's you know it's pretty easy to guess, but that's obviously the hardest the hardest one when you're like. Looking at the lineup right now, I feel like at least for me, that's the hardest one for me to 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 figure out. And I feel like you're probably the best guy to ask. I mean, you you just talked very very good about Parker Owen and Hudson Polk, but you also got Hudson White and Ryder Helfrich. What do you do? I mean, what what is what do you want to do at catcher right now? Yeah, no, it's 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 certainly a situation that we or myself has not been in in four years in terms of. You know, you really hope you have two that you feel good about. I kind of like, or we like thinking about it on feel good about catching on a Friday night. Like that's kind of the threshold. Like if you feel good about him behind the play on a Friday night, then then they can do it. Um, if you have two guys that you feel really good about, then that's a pretty deep catching room. And we have four. We have four this year where you feel really good about. Um, yeah, in terms of who you go with, I think everybody brings something a little bit different to the table. Um, I think this first weekend against James Madison, you're going to see, I'd imagine, a little bit of a hodgepodge. Um, but yeah, you have Hudson White, for example, bring him in from Texas Tech. He's got two years of experience in a really good league, um, really special bat. One of the reasons that he transferred in, or he he wasn't getting everyday time behind the behind the dish at Texas Tech, and he wanted a chance, you know, to be the everyday guy. And that was part of why he came in, is because he knew. He you'd have a chance to be the everyday guy. Um, there were some things that we, um, you know, discussed with him through the recruiting process in terms of just uh, pushing his development behind the plate. Because um, really in his his track record, the bat's never been a question. It's just his about ability behind the plate. And he's kind of taken it head on, bull by the horns. You know, his work ethic the last however many months that we've had him has been has been pretty spectacular. And I'm I'm excited for some of the scouts in particular, you know, that maybe saw him early in the fall that haven't seen him again. I think they're going to see um, a completely different dude behind the plate. Um, so I'm really excited for that. So this is a guy who's like, who's turned himself, in my opinion, into a pretty dang complete catcher that you feel good about again on a Friday night. Um, then we go, let's go for rolling. Uh, I mean, he's the returning catcher. You caught hurt near every game in the league for an SEC championship team. Like that's, that's incredible experience. And, you know, his issue last year, and he'd be the first to say it, you know, he wanted to be a more productive offensive player. Um, and like we kind of already talked about, he, uh, you know, those second-year Juco guys, you usually see a pretty big step forward with the bat. And I I hope I don't say it wrong. I don't have my false stats, but I, I think he was 
led the fall in home runs or until you guys would shoot probably no better than me. Um, so I think in the fall, you, you, you saw that you saw him take a step forward with the bat and then Hudson Polk, um, a similar situation plays a good amount last year. He, and again, I think he'd be the first to say it first year in the sec, you know, he playing like he's holding on to some kind of playing not to lose. I think this fall behind the dish offensively, especially He's a lot freer. You know, he's, he's he's been in the league a year. He knows what it's about. He's just playing loose, playing free. Um, he was very productive this fall, and he's been extremely productive, especially with the bat um, in these spring scrimmages. And then you've got Ryder Helfrick, who, you know, maybe has just the most raw ability of any of them. You know, his, his question, I guess, so to speak, is a freshman – and that's not fair to him, but it's the truth, you know. So he he's about to go on this gauntlet where you don't you don't know how he's going to handle it. Um, if I was a Ben man, I'd be I'd be just fine thinking that he can handle it between the ears. Um, humble kid works. Um, so you've got yeah you've got four four options that are that you feel good about again on a Friday night. Um, and to, in terms of who you're going to see February sixteenth, we'll let the guy at the end of the hall make that decision. Hall of Famer, he's really good at that, but. Um, yeah, whoever whoever decides to be whoever we just we decide to play that opening game, but again, just what it materializes into the as the season goes on, um, we've got options. Uh, changing topics completely, I want to I want to present you with an observation that uh, that I made last year, and you know if if I'm completely incorrect about this, you can certainly tell me as much. But all right, and and, and and you know I don't want to I don't want to you know step on on all the all those fans who who uh, who sit down on the first base side and you know have their fun with you at the sixth inning right the bobby chicken stick um your honest thoughts about that because like you know sometimes it looks like it's a little tired you know you just do it to do it and you got to lock in because there's more important stuff to do is that accurate so my first game coaching first they're they're yelling it and I don't think I do it or I I had absolutely no idea it was a thing and we had a manager from Fayetteville so this would have been the 21 season Matthew Schluterman who grew up going to games his whole life it's like hey dude you gotta you gotta do the chicken dance like what I I had no and I mean I don't remember when I played I don't remember every six I had no idea um and then I kind of like have gotten the backstory about what it's about um Man, I think it's so fun. It's awesome. It's something that the people look forward to. I think it's kind of a maybe I'm faking a little bit, like acting like I'm disinterested. Like I'm looking forward to the bottom of the six. Um, I had one of our analytics guys run some numbers. I like, go, oh, hey, I want to know how how we are offensively, bottom of the six at home. And I was hoping that we were a better offensive team than what the numbers came. I was hoping that bottom of the six was when we really raked. That ended up not being the case. Hopefully this year bottom of the six will be a better offensive inning, but no, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, I mean, there's people around town. I probably get Bobby chicken more than Bobby. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. I'm I'm definitely going to have to check track those uh, six inning splits this year. Yeah. Let's, let's make that a priority as an offense this year. We got to, I don't care about any other inning, but we got to win bottom of six when we're at home. We got to, we got to swing it. I was, I was going to ask what inning did they, did they come back and say was the best inning? Oh shoot! I'm not even going to speculate. I've got the sheet somewhere in my office. Yeah, I I just remember like, hey, I want to I want to know how we're doing. Sixth inning. I got it. This is this is important to me. This is something I gotta I gotta know. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good question. I don't. I mean, I could 
I could dig into. I could open up a new tab, but no, it's okay. I don't want. I don't want to leave the Zoom. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Um, so now, like, how much? How much of your job, like, maybe percentage wise, are you recruiting? I think it depends on the time. So summer, it's like it's a hundred. It's everything. It's like I'm not. I'm rarely in Fayetteville. Maybe if we have like a portal kid or a transfer kid on campus, then you fly back for that. Um, so yeah, so the summer is pretty much all of it. And then spring, you try to, you try to get out when you can, we're not playing games. Um, I guess when you're, I mean, they've got the rules about dead periods when you can't go out and stuff like that. But when you're, when you're able to go out, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah. So I know that doesn't really give you a percentage. It's kind of, it kind of depends on the year time of the year so if we're not playing games it's 100 percent of the time yeah um i I think i like saying with our guys like the most important players in the program are the ones that are already here so when we are able to work with our own guys games like that's that's a priority for us obviously and then when they're out doing summer ball when they're when we're not able to be hands-on with them then it's it's pretty much all recruiting this will this will be my last question and then robert can ask one more and we can get you out of here um, as a guy who is who is in the thick of it, who, who's you know having these conversations, maybe what's the biggest misconception about NIL? You know, from from your perspective that that people have, because like I feel like so much of what we read or see is like just numbers thrown out there, and I I feel like a lot of it's fake, honestly. Yeah, that's um. You go a lot of different ways with that question. Um, now, again, I try to stay off of the, the the app, so to speak, as much as possible because there's some stuff out there that's just it'll put you in a bad mood. You don't. So when you say misconception, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know exactly the public perception. I guess, and I don't know if this is exactly the way you wanted me to go with, but thankfully, we're at a place where. I don't think the players are wanting to come here first and foremost for their, their earnings potential, which is a really good thing. I think the kind of kids kids we're bringing in and what the program is, is they're coming here first and foremost um, because it's just a fantastic place to play college baseball, develop into a professional, hopefully major league player chance to win SEC championships, Omaha chance to win national championships. Like that is the driving force for the, the guys that are coming here. Or I think there's other places where that's not, where it's almost like the, uh, you know, the first question is, um, you know, how what, what's, what's my earning potential at university at, whatever. Um, again, I don't know if that's exactly where you're going with that question, but I guess maybe that's a misconception. Just, thankfully, we're at a place where it's still it's still about baseball first, which is which is awesome, which is a really, really good place to be in as a coach. So I, I want to wrap it up with one thing. Uh, we've talked a lot about the team, a lot about you as a coach. Uh, I want to ask about you as a player. Uh, this is one we we give to the players pretty routinely, and you can take this one of however many different ways you want. Uh, it could be the best pitcher you faced at Arkansas in scrimmages, the best pitcher you faced in college period, or even the best pitcher you faced in the minors. But who do you think was the best pitcher you ever faced? So I faced Aaron Nola when he was at LSU his draft year. That was the first guy I had ever seen that would um he could go like glove side sink. So if I'm a righty, right on right, it's like 
that pitch is going to hit a lefty and it's a strike on the outer edge. Um, had never really seen that in my, my Rolodex up until that point. So that was, that put me in a mental pretzel, but he was, he was the best arm I ever saw in college. Um, professionally, professionally, there was a lot. That's why I'm coaching now and not hitting is there was, there was too many really good arms. I think, um, Rick Torcello, I faced him, uh, he was on a rehab start and he, so he was, uh, it was, uh, I think it was Lowell. So the, uh, short season affiliate of, um, Boston. So Ben and Teddy was playing center. It was our first year of pro bowl and Rick Porcello on the mound. Um, and it was like the same shape of stuff as Nola. It was kind of in that same Avenue. Um, trying to think. I coached against Araldus Chapman. So I like seen that from the side. It was kind of like it was literally if you blinked, you didn't see it. So that from the side was really impressive. Um I'm trying to think the best guy I would have faced in like inner squad. I think I think that probably Zach Jackson, inner squads. Like that was some loud stuff. And he was my roommate. And like he hit me too. Like I got hit a couple times in scrimmage. So like you're not, you're not really ever having a comfortable A B. Um that's probably the most uncomfortable AB is Zach Jackson. It'll go like 95 backstop, land a curveball. It's like, dude. That <laughs> yeah, was uh yeah, that's a fun question. I think those are those are probably the three. Nola in college, Porcello in Pro Bowl, and then Zach Jack in our squads. Those are those would be the three. All right. Answers. Yes, that's awesome. I wish we had I wish we had more time to talk to you. Freaking Robert has to leave. I'm sorry about that. But hey, I mean you can oh, keep Rob. <laughs> no, we'll we'll have we'll have you back on, Bobby. But we really appreciate your time and uh wish you guys the best of luck this season. No, absolutely appreciate you guys for the support. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Bobby. All right, thank you guys. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStu32.